Hello. Hi. Welcome to Truly Fabulously Monstrous, a podcast about true crime and cryptids. I am your host, Hattie James. I'm your other host, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Hattie. So this is a podcast. (laughs) Is it? Really? Uh, this is a podcast. <laughs> Shut up! I lost I my train of thought. So I lost my train of thought right this as I This is a I podcast did. about true crime and cryptids. This is a podcast. <gasps> yes, this is a thing in which on Tuesdays one of us tells the other and you guys a cryptid story, and on Thursdays whoever listened to the cryptid story tells a true crime story, and the next week we switch off. Yes. Yes. Are we far enough in that we can stop explaining what a cryptid is? I think so. I think <laughs> I think by episode seven, anyone listening should know what a cryptid is. I was going to say, I think for people searching for podcasts about cryptids should already know what a cryptid is. Go listen to our first couple episodes. <laughs> or just Google it. Or Yes, Google is your friend. And Overlord and Master sometimes. Yes. Google owns us. I have a Pixel phone, and what's creepy is every time I use the microphone, uh, Google like records it and uploads it to my account. So I have to systematically every day go in and delete. Like if I do like speech to text or oh. use the Google Assistant, it just like records it and uploads it to my account, and I have to go in and delete it. Not creepy it. at all. No, but luckily you can delete it. Oh, so that's good. Yeah. Well. At least they're making you think you can delete it. They probably have it backed up somewhere. Oh, probably. Uh, the other thing is, like, I'll, like, I have the Google Play rewards so that I can, like, earn money. Well, the creepy thing is, it'll be like, for instance, the other day I had to go to, um, I had to go to the Dollar Tree. And I go to the Dollar Tree, pay for what I got at the Dollar Tree. I get back in my car, get a notification, pull it up, and it's Google survey about, like, your shopping history. And the last seven <laughs> days, have you visited one of the following? And it's, like, Kroger's, Price Chopper, Walmart, Dollar Tree. <laughs> That's like, so creepy. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a nightmare. Oh, God, that's... I mean, so I swing back and forth between like ev- everything's already being recorded and everyone or every move is being watched all the time. So why bother t- losing your mind about it? And then stuff like that happens, and I'm like, nope, time to be <laughs> time to be paranoid about everything all the time. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, but they've been doing that for years. It literally doesn't matter anymore. Okay, so should I get started on my story? Tell me a story. Because you did Baba Yaga last week. I did. It was so fun. Yeah, so this week, I... Okay, so this week I decided to follow in your footsteps, Kevin, and do a creature that's not quite a pure cryptid, rather a creature from folklore. I'm doing... You can't see me right now, but I'm dancing. You should probably <laughs> dance more because I'm super excited. I actually took my inspiration from one of my favorite books as an adolescent, the Harry Potter series. This week, I'm covering a boggart. <gasps> Yeah, I was reading um, A World Guide to Gnomes, Fairies, Elves, and Other Little People by Thomas Haightley, and I stumbled across an anecdote of a farmer in Yorkshire named George Gilbertson who was haunted by a bogart, and this made me go, wait, 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 what? Aren't bogarts a Harry Potter thing? So, naturally, I looked it up, and lo, lo and behold, pages and pages of not only bogarts, but creatures deriving from bogarts, as well as creatures that bogarts derived from. 
Oh yeah, that's awesome. One of my favorite books as a little kid was uh, like a two volume series. One, the first one was just called The Boggart. And it was about a, a family in Canada who inherits a castle in Scotland and they inherit the Boggart that lives in the castle and the Boggart ends up following them home to Toronto. <laughs> And it's one of my favorite books of all time because it's not a malicious boggart. It's just like kind of there to almost like, just like, yeah, kind of like a very non-malicious poltergeist almost. And he's just like, Canada's weird. Why is it so cold? Oh my God. It was one of my favorite books ever of all time. Tell me about boggarts. I'm so excited. So the mythology (laughs) wiki defines a boggart as a creature of English folklore. Uh, It can be a benevolent household guardian, like what you just said. Uh, but more often than not, yeah. it is a malevolent goblin-like creature. He's here to fuck oh, up yeah. Wikipedia <laughs> states that it can inhabit houses, marshes, fields, and pretty much any place it freaking wants. <laughs> Again, going to what you said about that story, some stories describe them more like a poltergeist, like with uh, Kately describing Gilbertson's experience, and sometimes they are like an imp pretty much, or a devil or a demon. Like I said, the anecdote about Gilbertson's experience, that was a malevolent poltergeist. Bread and butter would go missing from their table. Milk containers would be crushed by invisible hands right in front of their eyes. The bed curtains would move and shake, open and close, open and close. Was he malicious or was he just bored? Um, There was a a little hole in a cupboard. Like a cupboard door, there was a knot and the knot fell out so it was a hole. And a kid put a okay. horseshoe pin in it, one of the boys, and the boggart yeeted it straight at his head. Oh, they, no. This became a game for them, though, where they would put it in and then duck as the boggart yeeted it. <laughs> Maybe, well, once again, is it malevolent or is it the boggart being like, hey, I live in this cupboard. Stop putting shit in you my see, window. <laughs> you could think that, except for the fact that at night it would put pressure on the kid's chest to the point where they couldn't breathe. And it wouldn't release until a parent came into the room to, to save the kid. Uh, and when the Gilbertsons were like, you know what? I'm done with this. F this. I'm moving. And they packed up all their furniture into a wagon. Got halfway down the road when a neighbor stopped and was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you moving? And they were like, I can't with this bogger anymore, man. And then they heard a voice from their furniture in their wagon go, you can't get rid of me. <laughs> so they said, darn it, and went home. <laughs> Yeah, because it's not like a ghost. Yeah. It can follow you. Be like, oh, we're moving? Sweet. Where are yeah. we moving? <laughs> I'm part of this family. You can't. Yeah, pretty much. So according to Wikipedia, the mythological wiki, and pretty much every other source I could find, the Boggart's hobbies include causing milk to sour, hiding objects, scaring townsfolk, <laughs> playing pranks, laming dogs, and kidnapping children. <laughs> That's not funny, but what, wow, what a left turn. It's like harmless pranks, harmless pranks, harmless pranks, kidnapping. Oh, and laming dogs. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. not harmless. Uh, Boggarts nice. tend to be creatures that torment kids, especially if they are naughty. Be good, or the family oh, yeah. Boggart will get the you. The name either derives from the Middle English word uh, buggy, which it means frightening thing, or the Welsh word bog, which means evil spirit, goblin, pest, or bug. It may even derive from the old Scottish word boggill, which means goblin. This is the part I found cool. <laughs> Other names for the bogger include bugbear, boggle, bogeyman, and boogeyman. <laughs> Bug is it bugbear? Isn't that a class? Isn't that a class of character? Oh yeah. Uh, when I looked into the bugbear, it said um, see also like that part. It said bugbear in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> the bugbear is just a monstrous, impish, goblin-like creature. 
that plays pranks and haunts marshes, kidnaps children, and terrorizes families. So, a bogger. Okay, so apart from yes. the kidnapping children, me. Uh, so, in Scottish lore, the boggart or the bogill is a name used for a variety of malevolent creatures, including, but not limited to, shelly goats, which are river goblins, the barguest, which is a black mm-hmm. dog or a grim-like creature, brags, which are shapeshifters, Ooh. and sometimes they'll use boggart or bogill to describe a giant. Yeah, however, most versions and encounters with boggart in lore describe them while varying in size and appearance as a small humanoid goblin-like creature. The Gilbertson's description was that of an invisible force, though, so depending on the encounter and lore, this does vary. There are some popular culture um, from like modern times that mentions and references Boggarts, including the Chronicles of Narnia and the Spiderwick Chronicles, but obviously the most popular, in my case, the most well-known version uh, is the <laughs> Boggart in Harry Potter. Yeah, I don't... I don't remember Boggart. I've never read Chronicles of Narnia, so I have, but it was a a very long time ago. Now that I think about it, I don't think I read the entire series. I think I pretty much just read like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, and the Silver Chair. I don't think I ever read the rest of the books. I did an entire paper in that you took the same class as me in fairy tales, folklore, and children's literature. I did an entire paper explaining how Harry Potter can be considered modern folklore. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the version from Harry Potter as though it's part of canonical lore. So J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter, Boggarts are creatures that lurk in confined spaces and take shapes of what the witness fears most. This is similar to Bragg's in Scottish lore. Uh, Rowling's Boggart usually just sits there in closets, wardrobes, trunks, and the like rattling things around and shaking things up. Uh, Pottermore describes Boggarts as spirits that, like poltergeist, never existed in a corporeal form and just sort of materialized based on human emotion. For this reason, they can also disappear, okay. just like a poltergeist can go away, but more often than not, a... And by the way, I'm getting all this from Pottermore <laughs> and from my experience reading the books. Nice. But more often than not, when one Boggart disappears, another one will take its place. The fact that they can materialize and dematerialize based on the human emotion in the household, they feed off of emotion. And that's why they shake whatever container they dwell in, which is to spark fear, and why they shapeshift into what the viewer fears the most. That's cool. And now I'm thinking of the app, Hogwarts Mystery, when you get to the levels where there's Boggarts guarding like the next thing you're supposed to find, and you do the spell to get rid of the Boggarts, and the Boggarts are taking the shape of you-know-who. And when you... (laughs) cast ridiculous on them they transform into you know who dressed as a clown which is more terrifying than i was like yeah i was like how is this less scary i'm looking at my character like just starts to kind of like cackle laughing i'm like you you're the monster yeah. here you think that's yeah, funny um that's terrifying, that's terrifying. I don't like that. <laughs> moving on from harry potter there's an old folk no seriously we talk about harry potter <laughs> this is gonna be like a three-hour podcast <laughs> There's an old folktale known as the Farmer and the Devil, in which a bogger inhabited a field that a farmer purchased and demanded that they share the harvest. The farmer then formulated a way to rob the bogger of his share. For that reason, he asked if he wanted to claim vegetables that formulated below ground or above ground. The bogger claimed he wanted the root vegetables. So the farmer only planted wheat. Uh, when the Boggart realized that he had been bamboozled, he declared that next time he only wanted that which was harvested above ground. 
So the farmer then planted potatoes. Rude! Yes, the Bogart, frustrated at this point, left the field to dwell elsewhere, and the farmer lived happily ever after without a Bogart haunting his field. Now, this suggests a couple things. This both suggests that the Bogart is very territorial, because obviously somebody went into his field, so he's like, if you're going to live in my field, you're going to pay me half your yield. But it also suggests that Bogarts are gullible. In the fact that the Bogart fell for an obvious ruse. The other thing that you can derive from it is the fact that even though he was swindled, he didn't try to take the wheat or take the potatoes, which suggests that Bogarts are creatures of their word. And as with devils, the promises that they make are pacts that cannot be broken, which I think is interesting. And it would say a lot to the fact that a lot of times uh, boggarts are referred to as devils. For instance, that story is about a boggart, but it's called the farmer and the devil. So you can kind of see the demon-like mentality there. Uh, then moving on, uh, the Northern English belief was that a boggart cannot be named, for the name would give it strength and the inability to be reasoned with. A name would also increase its power over the victim, similar to the lore about demons. Again, going back to the fact that boggarts were seen to be these demonic entities. One boggart was named, and that's the Nutnan of Lancaster. <laughs> I'm sorry, the what? The Nutnan. <laughs> N-U-T-N-A-N. Nutnan. Nutnan. Oh, gosh. I love it. I love everything about it. This bogger would allegedly run around making shrill noises to terrify the townsfolk of Mostyn near Manchester. And it was powerful because someone named it Nutman. <laughs> uh, there's also Northwestern... Are you okay? I'm sorry. It just sounds like they're describing a toddler having a temper tantrum. They ran around making shrill noises. Yelling his name did nothing to stop it. Yeah. (laughs) And only gave it power. That man, you stop that. You stop that right now. (laughs) Go to your timeout corner. So, (laughs) moving on from Nutnan... Yeah, you're right. That's yeah. Uh, the northwestern English lore has boggarts more often than not living outdoors. Whenever someone, mainly children, went wandering through marshes and never returned, it was believed that boggarts took them and devoured them, as was believed to be their nature. Everything eats children. Yes, uh, and this goes back to like in the Farmer and the Devil, in which I I surmise that the boggarts were very territorial. Because it's kind of like, what are you doing in my marsh? I'm going what to are eat you doing in my swamp? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, thanks for trespassing on my marsh, you, you dumb kid. I'm going to eat you now. <laughs> I have no choice. It's in my nature. There's a story, again, in Lancashire about the Grizzlehurst Boggart. And this was recorded in 1861. Uh, allegedly the Bogart was buried at the bend in a road with a stake through its heart, much like you would do to stop a vampire. Ouch. Yes. However, probably because it had a name, the Grizzlehurst Bogart, it did not seem to work to subdue it because the Bogart was still able to terrorize the village, slamming doors of local farmhouses, laughing maniacally. At one point, there was a pregnant farmer's wife and it would, like, slam the doors of her house, laugh maniacally, like I said, and then when she, like, lit a candle to, you know, try to figure out who was there, the candle flame went blue, and then all she could see was his red eyes. Oh. 
Oh no, yeah. I don't like that. No, no one likes that. It's not a fun time. Maybe he was just angry because they named him Grizzlehurst. Yeah, and was maybe like, oh, he was crap, also mad because they drove a freaking stake through his heart and buried him at a bend in the road. That would kind of make me mad. Yeah, that's rude. It's very rude. There was one story, uh, one folktale of a boggart, which is a Northumbrian folktale called the Headley Cow. And this is a story of a woman who finds a pot in the road and she decides foolishly to bring it home and use it as a flower pot. <laughs> when she picks it up, she finds it's heavy as it is filled to the brim with gold. And being a poor woman, she decides to drag it home in her shawl to have gold, just to get money in order to, you know, not be poor. After a while of dragging it, the pot turns into a hunk of silver, which she deems more practical as it will catch a pretty penny, but be less likely to be stolen. Then she keeps on going with her hunk of silver, only to find that it turned into a brick of iron, which she then goes, okay, this will be easier to sell, and again, less likely to be stolen. So she's dragging along the brick of iron, when all of a sudden it turns into a rock. Oh no. But she goes, oh, this rock will make an excellent doorstop. So she starts bringing the rock home. I like this lady. Yeah. And she gets to her home when all of a sudden the rock turns into a boggart named Headley Cow, who is under the conclusion that the prank he just pulled ruined this woman's day as she believed that she was going to be getting a lot of money and then all of a sudden it is, has nothing. So so Head, Headley Cow cackles and saunters off back into the woods. <laughs> and this woman realizes that she just saw the Headley Cow Boggart. So goes, oh, how lucky am I to have been able to have a rare chance at seeing this creature. And that's I the like end of the this story. lady. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this story, as with most folktales and fables, has a moral lesson that there is always a silver lining. Aww. Yeah. So this serves as a good example of how a Boggart was often used as a literary device in order to teach a lesson. For instance, the farmer and the devil uh, taught the audience to always use wit and intelligence. And a child wandering through a marsh goes missing. And they're like, oh, you know, don't go into the marshes. The boggart will devour you. Oh, don't misbehave or a boggart will enter the house and sit on your chest. Boggarts were always depicted as being especially cruel and malevolent towards children. Terrify your children into obedience. Yes, terrify your children into obedience. And from this, it spun into, as I said, another name for it is the boogeyman. So the boggart has... Oh. Yeah. So the boggart kind of transcends into the monster that looks under naughty kids' beds when they won't go to bed, or the monster hiding in the closet for the kid who misbehaves. Interesting. Yeah. So if you've been scared of think that there's a monster in your closet, it's probably a boggart. You should probably cast Ridiculous on it. Oh, uh, that's really cool. It was probably from the beginning used as a... Um, well, there's a couple different ways that you can interpret this. The first one is that it's always been a literary device used to scare children into obedience or to teach <laughs> lessons. The other way you can interpret it is the boggart is a scapegoat creature used to explain the unexplainable okay. when you hear a noise that you don't understand or when kids go disappearing wandering through marshes or woodlands a good way to comfort is to give it a name to give it this is a bogger this is a bugman this is a bugbear this is a bugbear this is a bogill a bogger this has a name we know what it is if your kid goes missing it's because the kid misbehaved and wandered where they weren't supposed to be and the bogger got him you know a way to explain 
something happening in a village that no one knew how to explain. Oh, that's so cool. And yeah, that's the story of the bogger. So Yay! Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know half that stuff. No, it's really, neither did I until I started reading it. I'm like, this is so cool. For some reason, my iTunes just opened and I don't know what's happening. Oh God, what's happening? A what's happening? What's happening? Why is this happening? <laughs> it just opened and started playing Bob's Burgers. So I was like, what is going on? Listen, the bogger in your house just really wants to watch Bob's Burgers, right? <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right. Anyways, <laughs> should we tell people where they can find us? We, yes, let's do that. Twitter, let's start there. You can find us on Twitter at TFabMonsterPod. You can also find us on Instagram at TrulyFabulouslyMonstrous, which is also the, the handle used for our Gmail, TrulyFabulouslyMonstrous at gmail.com. Send us your stories. Send us the bogger in your closet. T- tell us where we can find a bogger in the Chronicles of Narnia since neither of us seem to know oh yes please because like please comfort me and tell me it's in a book that uh, one of the ones that i haven't read because it's if it's if it's in silver chair i'm gonna be mad because that was my favorite one and i do not remember you also speed read kevin i I also haven't read that book since i was like 10 um so yeah uh those are the places you can find us send us your stories send us any corrections uh follow us if you like this podcast, you should follow us on whatever streaming service you are using to listen to our voices and leave comments so that we yes. can know how we're doing and love us. Give us attention. We crave it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I think that's all for this episode. So signing off, I uh, hope to see you. Yep. We'll be here uh, next time for a true crime story. Uh, We'll be there. We hope you will, too.